This is SportsCenter. Hello there. I'm Mark Robbins. The NCAA Men's and Women's Basketball Championships resume today. It's the Sweet 16 round for both. First men's game on the schedule, Oregon State against Loyola. Now, many know Loyola from its Final Four run a few years ago and, of course, Sister Jean, but ESPN college basketball analyst Seth Greenberg says don't underestimate the Beavers. Oregon State's got a shot. Now, obviously, everyone roots for Sister Jean, but Oregon State's a good story in itself. And, you know, during the course of the tournament they're holding, these numbers are staggering. They're shooting 42 from the three and holding the opponents to 24 from the three. That's a huge disparity uh, difference. That's Seth Greenberg on Marty and McGee with Kelsey Riggs and Alyssa Lang here on ESPN Radio. First game up in the women's tournament. It'll be Iowa against UConn. That game can be seen on ABC at 1 p.m. Eastern. Big news in the NFL draft order from Friday. The Dolphins trading their third pick of the first round of San Francisco. Niners move up from 12, and then the Dolphins take that 12th pick and send it to the Eagles for the Phillies' sixth pick in the first round. UFC 260 set for tonight. Headliner heavyweight championship matchup between Stipe Miocic against Francis Nagano. The undercard begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Main card follows 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus. Pay-per-view. College baseball Vandy's Jack Leiter backs up his no-hitter last week with seven no-hit innings Friday night against Missouri. We're back on Monday, and I'll tell you what, there was a lot of changes going down over the weekend in the NFL draft. The 49ers, Dolphins, and Eagles all are playing musical chairs with their picks. Plus, we'll tell you what it all means here to Jets and the second pick. Right here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Monday morning, ESPN Radio. by the Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid-Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio, on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn. And we're off to a flying start this morning on Off to the Races. It's Florida Derby Day. And you heard greatest honor in the opening there trying to capitalize today with a Florida Derby and to add to his Fountain of Youth stakes a couple weeks ago. There's already been big news out of Dubai this morning. We'll have an update on a race that was run just minutes ago. You will not want to miss this. And there's racing uh, the UAE Derby coming up here in mere moments from Dubai. Stay with us with the audio but may want to check out some video for the uh, Dubai the UAE Derby and uh, we'll have updates from Dubai Derby Bill in the late half of the show also on today's show trainer Dale Romans we mentioned the Florida Derby he has an interest in that race with Southern Passage at Turfway Park there is a Kentucky Derby prep race that is um slated as part of their big card and Dale Romans also has a bit of a long shot in that race as well so we'll talk to Dale Romans about Smiley Sabatka and Southern Passage their chances he's won the race in Dubai the uh, Dubai World Cup with Roses in May so uh, an apt question there when we talk to Dale Romans here in about 10 minutes We'll have Daryl Wood just around the corner as well. And Josh Pons of Maryland Farm and Country Life Farm will be in our Features with Frank segment. A UVA graduate, 1976, that farm fold cigar in 1990. So a um, 
real interest in, in hearing what they're doing this spring in terms of uh, racing. So glad you're spending your Saturday morning with us on Off to the Races. Let's go back to the recaps here. Louisiana Derby last week, it was billed as the Cajun triumphant of Proxy, Midnight Bourbon, and Mandaloon reuniting, but there was an outside interest looking to spoil the party, and that's certainly what happened. Let's listen to the call of last week's Louisiana Derby. As they come to the top of the fairground stretch, Mandaloon, Proxy looking to unwind on the far outside, then toward the inside right and just as they come for home. Star in my dreams from Obeso Sand Run Classic. They come down toward this final furlong. It's Hot Rod Charlie and Midnight Bourbon needs to lift. Hot Rod Charlie finding for Joel Rosario. They come past the 16th. Hot Rod Charlie just holds Midnight Bourbon and rattling home is Obesos. It's Hot Rod Charlie to win the twin Inspires.com, Louisiana Derby. Hot Rod Charlie uh, comes out of California. Third place finish in the Robert Lewis. He was the runner-up in a Breeders' Cup Juvenile back in um, November and wins the Louisiana Derby. So that uh, kind of curious here. I guess there was a trainer change during the week. I've been trying to pick up on this a little bit. Hot Rod Charlie is um, sired by Oxbow in the Kentucky Derby Future Wagers. This is uh, the fifth and final pool where you can actually wager on the Kentucky Derby in advance. Trainer Doug O'Neill is listed as a trainer, but last week it was Leandro Mora listed as a training. So congratulations to those connections. Joel Rosario with a win there, and uh, Hot Rod Charlie moves forward. Next stop, Churchill Downs in Louisville on the first Saturday in May. We're only five weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Before the uh, Louisiana Derby last week, it was the... $400,000 $400,000 New Orleans Classic, and we we teased this a little bit on the show last week with uh, Chess Chief, a Virginia bred that is uh, came into the race a, a bit of a long shot, going up against some giants like Roadster and Owendale, and uh, and he and Chess Chief, bred by Morgan's Ford Farm in uh, Front Royal, Virginia. You mentioned that may have heard that on the starting gate this week. Uh, here is the call of the New Orleans Classic. And here's Owendale, who takes a run now at Roadster. And these two with one furlong to go. Roadster game. And on the outside is Owendale, who's in for the fight. Late move by Chess Chief on the far outside. Here's Chess Chief bearing down on Owendale. Roadster right there, too. Chess Chief on the outside. Chess Chief and Owendale photo. It took a while, and I still am trying to figure out how Chess Chief got up there. It just didn't appear so in the as you watch the video, but happy to see it happen, though. Chess Chief, a big win for uh, the, uh, the connections there. $12, uh, the winning payout there, 5 to 1, and congratulations to that Virginia bred, trained by Dallas Stewart uh, and owned by the estate of James Coleman there. So uh, Luis Saez with a great ride there, and somehow he found put his nose on the wire first uh, an excellent uh, ride there by Luis Saez well timed for sure want to bring in this race result that just happened moments ago one of our very early shows we had David Ross and he actually announced on our show that he had been just in, recently invited to go participate in a race out in Dubai the Al Coors uh, which is part of the uh, Dubai World Cup series of races. There were actually two Virginia interests. You may have seen this on VABrad.org. Uh, Daryl Wood, who will join us in mere moments, uh, putting up some features about uh, the connections there with Larry Johnson, the owner of True Valor, the 10 horse, an extravagant kid who was owned uh, by David Ross. Here is the call of the Al Coors, the stretch run, as it happened just about 20 minutes ago. Over on the far side of the track, but Man of Promise drove through, went to the front of the Equilateral, finishing on his Royal Crusade. They were followed by Extravagant Kid. Acclam Express is over on the rail side. The leader is Man of Promise, kicking back strongly Equilateral. Extravagant Kid for the USA is bursting through, and final song is late. Extravagant Kid hit the front. Extravagant Kid wins it. 
a big win, a big win for Extravagant Kid, a horse that had won at Colonial Downs. Uh, that was kind of like the last time we saw him here locally. And uh, just an exciting race with David Ross, uh, the owner of, the, of that horse. Brendan Walsh, a great training job there. Ryan Moore um, was the uh, the jockey who delivered kind of a, a very interesting race. They run in a straight line. It's almost like a... Uh, 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 six furlong quarter horse race on the turf. It's just something you don't really see in American racing much at all. But um, a, a great performance there, a, a big price in, in winning that race. The De Haas winner at Colonial Downs back in 2019, uh, for those that were out there to, to see him win that day, goes halfway around the world and wins the uh, the Al Coors. So uh, congratulations. We're certainly going to follow up on that in, in upcoming weeks on Off to the Races. You can um, pick it up on the racingbiz.com and with vabread.org. Um, uh, uh, Virginia Horse Racing will, uh, .com will also have features, I'm sure, on this big win. A million dollar payout. Seeing David Ross hoist that trophy this morning uh, was really exciting. So want to bring in Daryl Wood now on Off to the Races. Uh, I mean, Daryl, uh, we see these opportunities from Colonial Downs horses and Virginia bred horses. Uh, they pop up at times, and, and and then they perform. And when it when it all comes together, it is really exciting. Uh, Daryl, good morning. Thanks for joining us on Off to the Races and heading right to that that race. Uh, Got to be excited about the performance of Extravagant Kid. Yeah, good week for uh, Virginia racing here. It sounds like, but that was uh, that was fun. I know that uh, David Ross sent uh, a video of the horse boarding uh, the plane to go over to what Dubai here about ten days ago. We posted that on Facebook, and I, I know just um, in a little bit of a text exchange, he was really pleased with the rider uh, that he had, and uh, got kudos to to him. I mean, went into the race with a million dollar bankroll, you know. Um, you know the big winner at the DeHaas Stakes at Colonial Downs. So, uh, you know David supports Virginia Racing. Uh, you know racing his horses at Colonial, but he's been leading owner for God knows how many years in a row. So, so great news for uh, for uh, Virginia and uh, kudos to uh, you know Extravagant Kid. I didn't realize that we have a horse running uh, later today uh, in Florida in the Pan American with. Uh, um, Sadler's Joy, who I saw as a one-year-old, it just—it seems like that was so long ago, you know. But uh, when Tonalist was running, but I didn't realize Extravagant Kid was was an eight-year-old. This was his fiftieth start, and uh, he had just become a millionaire. And of course, now he's he's, he's working on his second million really fast, um, you know, with with this result. I mean, uh, what a what a great performance! And uh, you know, they the guys have to be excited about winning over there. It's a shame they didn't have the crowd no no fans allowed it to buy uh with with covid of course but uh you know it's still a great moment yeah i mean just the oddity of uh and larry johnson was saying that this week he had true valor in the race but what are the odds of having uh you know a race in dubai and having two separate horses owned by you know two different virginians uh just odds so it's uh you know, but but great. It's it just uh, elevates Virginia racing another step, and uh, you know who knows. Maybe maybe we can see Extravagant Kid this summer somewhere uh, close yeah. by. <laughs> well, we'll have more on Extravagant Kid uh, in upcoming weeks. There was a little change in the policy for the Virginia Certified uh, Program. It's I, just looking at the response, I didn't get into too much detail on what the changes were, but it, it seems like it, it is received a, a, a good welcome uh, from the participants in the certified program. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this is really a horseman intensive program, so don't want to go too deep into uh, the details for the listening audience, but basically when, when Colonial Downs first went out of business, the last thoroughbred meet back in 2013, you know, the, the, the racing and breeding industry in the state was, uh, was in a bit of shambles, and uh, the, the, the first step to resuscitate the industry and to save the farms and to, to reinvigorate uh, the breeding industry was to develop a program where out-of-town owners can ship their babies to Virginia, keep them at a farm here or training center for a minimum of six consecutive months, and then they would be rewarded with a bonus whenever they raced after they started racing and then won a race. They get a 25% bonus. So the, the program started out well with four or five 
and even 600 horses per year shipping into the state. Well, that number is now up to 800. Uh, the program has caught on. It's caught on fire. It's saved the farms. Uh, so many of these farms are reinvesting monies into the infrastructure of their properties that they never thought they'd be able to. So the business in the farms is just thriving here in Virginia because of this program. But it's almost a victim of its own success because you still got to be financially, uh, you know, re- viable, respectful, and in, in, in using your budgeted numbers. So two steps were taken this week, and one is for horses, uh, and a, a lot of the wins have come from uh, Virginia, uh, West Virginia restricted races of Charlestown, uh, in, in, in disproportionate numbers. So the bottom line is that if, if you run a West Virginia bred that's Virginia certified, in a restricted race at Charlestown, your bonus drops to 10% from 25%, and it's not gonna make that big a deal. So uh, in order to, to, to bring the, the program uh, within budget and to keep it just rocking the way it is right now in future years, that was that was really the big step. So it was uh, a lot of meetings took place to get to that, uh, but like you said, the response from the West Virginia horsemen, from the farm owners, is pretty positive knowing it's just going to be a little bit of a hit, but it shouldn't affect the program at all. Yeah, it certainly was a beneficial program. A number of smaller family, long-time family-owned outfits throughout Virginia were in despair. In many cases, despair before that program uh, came in, and, and, and it certainly created a big bounce and and uh, has, has been heralded as, as a success. So, Daryl, uh, thanks for spending some time with us on Off to the Races, and we look forward to uh, some of the features coming up this week about Extravagant Kid. And, of course, uh, man, things are really starting to pick up here. Yeah, and uh, Curve, of Stone, Curve of Stone, last uh, year's International Gold Cup, and National Sporting Library Museum stakes winner uh, makes his debut today in the point-to-point race up at uh, Warrington. So look for that. Curvis Stone's going to be back in the chase at all the major steeplechase races in Virginia this year. So lots, lots of stuff going on. Yeah, it, it is really picking up speed quickly, so just like Extravagant Kid. So uh, yeah. great. Daryl, <laughs> thanks for joining us. And uh, thanks, we're, yeah. we'll talk to you next week. Daryl Wood uh, yep, joining us. Uh, on off to the races this morning got dale romans here just around the corner uh dale has as i mentioned earlier in the show he has southern passage uh this is a horse that's coming uh just has a maiden claiming win but anyone that knows dale romans knows that he's not afraid to take a long shot into a big race and he has had success whether it's in the winner's circle or just uh, cashing checks uh, you know hitting the board uh he is he's proven that time and time again so um uh we're looking forward to talking to dale here and uh reaching out the see if uh, Dale's here. Uh, Dale, good morning. Maybe not yet. Give, Can you hear we'll me? And, oh, hey, there he is. Hey, Dale, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Doing fine. Uh, very busy morning, B- busy time of the year. I know that you're busy uh, getting preparations for your two big races today. wanted to just kind of go back. Uh, it is uh, Dubai World Cup Day. And uh, you've won this race. At at the time, it probably was, I know it has been for many, many years, the world's uh, richest purse in horse racing. Uh, Roses in May was a a horse that you delivered to the winner's circle in Maiden. Maybe just reflect a little bit before we get into the two races today on on that experience and and what one owner uh, and trainer and jockey is going to experience here in, a, in just a couple of hours. You're right. It was the richest race in the world in 2005 with six million dollars, and I could never imagine it being doubled by now. But it was a time in my life when I was just getting started uh, with some better horses and growth was made. Kittens Joy showed up in the barn. And he was actually my first grade one winner in the Whitney earlier the summer before. And at the time, we were having some troubles with the stable. I had a lot of sick horses and stuff, and we were it couldn't have come at a more opportune time. And that's the great thing about racing. You could be struggling one day and wealthy the next. And we just that, that he took the lead and hit the wire. I don't know if I've ever been more excited in my life. 
Yeah, must have must have been just an absolute thrilling moment, and and certainly uh, you know what a, a turn of events uh, yeah. from from where you were. Let's uh, maybe start with the Florida Derby here. Uh, you got two horses here. Uh, you got Southern Passage in the Florida Derby, and you also have um, uh, Smiley Sabatka. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Uh, coming up in the uh, Jeff Ruby Stakes uh, at Turfway Park today. Both yeah. of these are on the Kentucky Derby point standings. Uh, in terms of Derby interest, you know, you're not afraid to take your long shot and put them up against the best. You've proven that uh, in the Preakness uh, many times. Tell us just, you know, about the, you know, your state of mind, if you will, on, on, you know, approaching a race like this with a longer, with a horse that isn't getting the respect. Well, you know, I've won the race. I've won uh, a lot of big races, but just running horses, I think, are doing well and, and, and not handicapping and worrying about what's around us. And, you know, we've been second to Preakness three times with all three long shots. One to Preakness once to pay $20. And uh, down here before, I moved second to Florida Derby twice with Sharp Humor and Shackleford. They were both long shots. You know, for three-year-olds doing well, you know, the whole game's built around the Kentucky Derby and Triple Crown. You know, we always want to be a participant if we can. And, uh, and so I built my stable kind of to have good three-year-olds and you know, today in the Florida Derby Southern Passage, he's going to be a lo- very probably long shot on the board. And I, and I wouldn't uh, tell you the thought process goes into running him. I might might not run him if he was a horse that needed to be up on the lead or was going to be up there pressing the base or something. But he's a horse that's going to drop way out of it. If they get busy in front and let him do a lot of work with the fairs, he'll be rolling at the end. And a horse like that that's- can always get up. He has shown that in his his, his uh, profile in the past, and of course he's sired by uh, Super Saver, who is who is a Derby winner. So uh, you know certainly uh, the lineage uh, speaks well there. How about Smiley Sabatka uh, in the uh, Jeff Ruby Stakes? This is a mile and a half, uh, an eighth um, up at Turfway Park, the eleventh race today. Twelve horses in that field. You know, up there, some big the big question is who will like to surface and who won't. I got two in there: Teams Ovation and Smiley Sabatka. And uh, Smiley's great two plays, so he's you know he's a legitimate horse. He's already showing what he can do, and uh, I think he'll be up closer. And I think the King's Ovation will be laying back and making one run. And, you know, he's the son of not this time. He, he on the Ragason sheets, he fits with everybody. Yeah, I actually missed King's Ovation. I was looking at the Oaks a little bit, and I saw you had two horses there, but uh, uh, completely overlooked the uh, the King's Ovation, um, that horse. So, uh, actually, yeah, two shots uh, in the Turfway race. Uh, we know you from Colonial Downs, racing at Colonial Downs. You mentioned Kitten's Joy earlier in the show. Uh, come back with other horses, of course, the the. the, the impeccable uh, Patio Prado who just was a horse with enormous um, personality, horsonality as I've referred to it uh, was just a beast at Colonial Downs and Silver Max uh, a a great horse that won the Virginia Derby back in 2012 Uh, a lot of the horses you've had success with are turf horses, three year old turf horses Uh, uh, you know maybe a little bit about horses that you know three-year-old turf horses you know virginia the virginia derby not as prominent in the three-year-old calendar as it used to be but you know who are some of maybe your three-year-old turf horses might have an opportunity to see race in new kent this summer well you know when we when we get through the kentucky derby stuff and they sort themselves out then we'll start trying some of them over on the turf and see if they're better over there and uh you know i love coming to colonial downs and i may be spending a lot of time there this summer Churchill Downs is closing for the summer. Uh, the backside to renovate the turf courts, and we're all going to be displaced. And I think I might be at Colonial Downs. I love it there. Won the Virginia Derby three times, and the, the, the older horse race that you used to have there. It's just a great place. So, I mean, all these horses we got on the Derby Trail now, if they don't seem to pan out and make it, we might try a few of them on the grass and try to make it over and make it for Virginia Derby. 
Yeah, the uh, Colonial Turf Cup, the race uh, Romans is is referring to there. Um, wanted to touch on the Gulfstream Park Oaks here. The uh, two horses, Bow Bow Girl. Hey, you're you're under double digits in this race, so uh, uh, you know an opportunity perhaps. But um, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, um, is it uh, yeah, Lendlow Lady and Bow Bow Girl here, uh, twelve to one and eight to one uh, in the uh, Gulfstream Park Oaks, the twelfth race. Uh, run uh, two races before the Florida Derby. Yeah, both legitimately live horses. Phillies uh, uh, are doing really good. You know, Phillies beat each other all the time, but they're both doing well. And they're they're both uh, have trained so well and run over well over this racetrack. They're both going to run good today. Good, good. Now we well, got a, we'll we got a long day. It could be a good day, but you know we're looking for reaching on a couple we know, but they're all training very well. That's good. That's good to hear. We're looking forward to seeing them uh, race today. Good luck today and all of your interests uh, throughout the cards and uh, across the country today. And we appreciate you spending time and really looking forward. Hope that opportunity uh, surfaces and, and, and comes to life for you to, to be at Colonial Downs this summer. Uh, obviously a big fan of, of the track there, but also uh, we're big fans of having you there. A great representative to our sport. Dale Romans, thanks for joining us on Off to the Races this morning. Thanks for having me and call anytime. Great. Appreciate it. Dale Romans uh, on a busy day for him as he reaches out and tries to get into the uh, Kentucky Derby field once again uh, with two horses long shots in the two Kentucky Derby prep races run um run in the states they're the eight the, the uae derby uh the winner of that race it gets an automatic uh, eligibility to the kentucky derby so uh three big stakes races and it's only going to pick up more steam here uh, as next week um on the Kentucky Derby calendar, we have uh, so the Santa Anita Derby uh, coming uh, coming up next. We have, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, the UAE Derby that happens um, probably about now. It may be running just about now. But also next week, uh, some of the races will be looking at the Bluegrass and the Wood Memorials. And then after that, the Arkansas Derby and the Lexington Stakes. And that's it. So, that, you know, here's your opportunity to get any points uh, and enter that Kentucky Derby field. We're going to go to break here on Off to the Races. When we return, we'll uh, speak with Josh Pons in our features with Frank Vespi uh, on the other side of the break. And, of course, Derby Bill will have his handicapping and I'm sure some updates from Dubai. You're listening to Off to the Races. Sports Talk is back in the afternoons. Colonial Downs Racetrack presents Border to Border with Matt Josephs. Weekdays at 3 on 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Virginia, William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. Peace and justice. The fastest son of war front standing in Pennsylvania. From the family of champion What a Treat and legendary Coolmore sire Be My Guest. At Stud, Peace and Justice has 40% winners from starters, including stakes winner Like a Salt Shaker, plus Louis Law, Smoke'em Peace Pipe, and Italian Twin, a recent winner at Gulfstream. Peace and Justice, a brilliant miler by Super Sire Warfront, standing for just $3,500 at Blackstone Farm in Pennsylvania. Buy your next truck from Luck. Luck Chevrolet in Ashland has the redesigned 2021 Tahoe and Suburban ready for you to order and drive away. For a smaller SUV, they also have the all-new Trail Blazer and the new Blazer available in all-wheel or front-wheel drive. Let Luck put their 100 years of experience to work for you. Visit them on Route 1 in Ashland, online at LuckChevrolet.com or call 798-9261. Luck Chevrolet, since 1916. 
Westwood One presents Great Moments in Tournament History. From one of the last four in all the way to the final four, the amazing run of VCU after this. Ever wonder just how far an extra mile really goes? Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out. Start with a network of over 250 authorized dealerships, backed by a sales force ready to help you with everything from customization and service to financing options. They offer a variety of vans, like the durable Mercedes-Benz Sprinter or versatile Mercedes-Benz Metris, each tailored to match your work or play lifestyle. With options like blind spot assist and active lane keeping assist, plus MBUX voice command technology for directions, weather forecast, comfort control, and more. The route is being calculated. So whether you're enjoying life on the trail or working hard on the job, see how far an extra mile can really go by taking the first step into an authorized Mercedes-Benz van dealership for a test drive today. Mercedes-Benz vans. Some equipment described as optional. March 2011. VCU was a controversial choice to make the big dance on Selection Sunday, but they wasted no time proving they belong, ramming their way past power conference schools USC, Georgetown, Purdue, and Florida State. But one final hurdle still remained on the road to the Final Four. Rebound Reed, we're down to three in the corner of three, up and no good. One, the buzzer sounds. One of the last teams to get selected into the NCAA tournament. VCU has knocked off mighty Kansas, and VCU is going to the Final Four. The Rams' improbable run ended six days later when they lost to another mid-major school, Butler. But what a ride it was for Coach Shaka Smart and VCU. Another great moment in tournament history. The 2021 Richmond Kickers soccer season starts April 24th. Get ready for family fun at City Stadium this spring. Details at richmondkickers.com. If you hit it, pass it, dunk it, shoot it, check it, throw it, putt it, or block it, then we're going to talk about it. I like that! I just thought I'd clear that up. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Albert King bringing us out of break on Off to the Races this morning. It's Dubai World Cup Day. It's kind of interesting how these shows kind of just come together. The Dubai World Cup first run in 1996. That was a legendary field of uh, in that group that included uh, a cigar and Soul of the Matter. What a battle between Jerry Bailey and Gary Stevens in the stretch uh, in Dubai, the first running of the race. That was when I first got involved in horse racing. Uh, that was the big horse, of course, Cigar winning 16 in a row. And um, he was actually foaled uh, at Country Life uh, in, uh, with Josh, the Pons family, Josh Pons. And that's who we bring in on our Features with Frank segment. Frank, good morning. Uh, I am going to actually see if I have if I'm cashing a very attractive double thanks to an <laughs> extravagant kid while you have the opportunity to talk to Josh Pons and tell us a little bit about Maryland and Country Life Farm. Uh, well, thank you, Nick. And, and uh, it's it was Rebels Romance in the UAE Derby. So if you have Re- Rebel, Rebels Romance, you are quite happy indeed. Um, and one, one <laughs> other quick point on that inaugural Dubai World Cup. Actually, the, the winner was a Maryland bred cigar. The runner-up, Soul of the Matter, was a West Virginia bred. What are the odds of that? I wasn't aware. Soul of the Matter, West Virginia bred. Yeah, he's one of the very few, uh, just a small handful of West Virginia bred millionaires, uh, of which Soul of the Matter is one. Let me um, let me turn to Josh Pons and and Josh and his brother Mike own and operate Country Life Farm and Maryland Farm in Maryland. I'm actually going to be talking to Josh wearing a different hat 
this morning as the president of the board of the Maryland Horse Foundation. But before we get to that, Josh, let me just ask you, it must be kind of interesting for you to reflect on the journey that that Cigar took you guys on as his uh, as the place where he where he fold on and and we're talking to you on Dubai World Cup Day with the day which he won the inaugural edition of what's it like to for you to watch these these races well hey Frank good morning how are you good morning good um well it's kind of a, a flashback you feel you know cigar was uh born here Mr. Paulson was a big client he stood a couple of stands here including Alan's prospect who was named for him Alan Paulson and um and Cigar was just, you know, amazing. He, he spent all that time on the grass because his father was Palace Music and they thought it was going to be, a, um, you know, his, his calling. And then he switched to the dirt and he took off. And that race in Dubai was, you know, a pretty, it's one of the great races of all time to kick off that, that series. So... Yeah, it, it, it's sort of full circle. It's the way everything connects in the horse business. There's there's a thread that runs back through time and, um, um, you know, leads right here to these fields that I'm looking at this morning on a beautiful spring day. So happy to be here. Well, we appreciate your making uh, making a little bit of time for us, and and you kind of just teed up what we're what we really want to talk about. You you said there's a thread that runs back through time, and and the the circles of the the thoroughbred industry are are quite a thing, but they can be a little hard for people to access and. The Maryland Horse Foundation is now uh, embarking on a project to create a horse library and education center that'll be sort of a hub for learning and collaboration and honor the history of horses in Maryland, which will be a way for people to actually sort of experience that thread running back through time. And And uh, I wonder if you talk about sort of where the idea of this, this library and education center, kind of where this came from. Well, it, it actually goes back to the roots of the organization that formed the Maryland Horse Breeders. Um, in the 1920s, a, a bunch of guys with uh, with their eye on the future put an association together, and it wasn't just for thoroughbred racing. It was for all disciplines or whatever you want to call whatever niche you jump into in the horse business for steeplechasing or workhorses or ponies. And then they hired Humphrey Finney in the mid-1930s to, um, to produce a magazine. Um, and all, all this time, the horse breeders had not had a, um, a, a, a residence. They, they just kind of, for a while, we were in Humphrey Finney's house in Towson at One Dixie Drive, and then uh, then we just moved to various rental places. And, and a year ago, right before uh, COVID shut everything down, Cricket Goodall had found an, an old church in Reisterstown that looks like it came off the campus of some Ivy League school. I mean, it even looks like a library. Uh, it's got white columns out front, and it's a, it's a beautiful old building. I think it dates back to the 1860s or so. But to have found a, uh, a home... Uh, was the was the the key to putting this ninety year old idea together to have a place to to house a, re- a repository for the past, but also a way to look to the future. And of course, you know, you don't want to just say, "Oh, I've been there. I've read that plaque um, in, in some museum," and never go back again. So our focus is on education and. And providing, as you said, a place where a person can come in and say, okay, what is this? I love horses, but how do I get involved? And at the offices of the Maryland Horse Breeders Association, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to meet people that are in the game or can refer you to somebody, uh, send you out to a farm um, or a trainer at the track. Um, and, and, and if you're so interested, you could also access uh, the, the library, we were donated the Salima Room collection of William Woodward's books, um, and they're, they're fantastic treasures, um, but they're just a, they're just a point of, of entry into, into the game. 
so you'll have the history of the of the of the sport as well as a way to get into it and go forward. Um, so that it, the education center is the most exciting component of the library museum, you know, complex that that we just started the fundraiser for a week ago. The uh, Josh referencing the the Salima room. The Salima room was at the Bowie Public Library, and and really, as he said, a treasure trove of kind of interesting old materials that that pretty hard to find. So that should be pretty interesting. So let's talk about. So you're going to have an an actual library, a reference library, but there are going to be a number of other things. It's it's actually. Having seen the renderings, it's really an interesting space, and I wonder if you'd just talk about sort of the space itself and 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 um, how that space is going to be used, and and what are some of the other components uh, beyond the books that are going to be there. Yeah, well, um, there's a virtual tour online at Maryland Horse Foundation or MarylandHorseBreeders dot com. Just just search it, and it'll pop up, and um. It'll, you'll be able to walk around from room to room and different exhibits. There'll be videos of, of um, people in the horse business talking about the game, kind of interactive stuff. We've taken a page or two out of uh, what they've learned at the Kentucky Derby Museum and as well as at the newly revamped National Racing Museum in Saratoga. Um, and And... You know, we want it to feel like you need to come back every once in a while just to see what's going on. You, you see, if you if you Google the Hall of Fame at Saratoga, they've, they've taken down a lot of the plaques and they've put up, um, you know, interactive televisions and uh, screens and things that'll sort of take you where you want to go. And since you're, I mean, they're not going to be like librarians waiting on your hand and foot, but the staff of the horse breeders is there to kind of guide you through this, uh, through this, you know, five or six room uh, display that we're, that we're going to have. And it, it's located right on Main Street in Reisterstown, so it has a high traffic, um, you know, passing every day. And, you know, we'd like to get kids in there. We'd like to get politicians in there. We'd like to get horse breeders in there. Um so we started a week ago. We put out a press release, and it it, it kind of penetrated into the horse business. We got calls from the folks at the Keeneland Library, the the Middleburg Library, kind kind of what we're we're all trying to have a presence uh, that fills different needs. I mean, the Keeneland Library is like the Vatican for the horse business. Um, the Middleburg Library is is like some you know. Harvard endowed place and somewhere in between Keelan and Middleburg will be the Maryland Horse Foundation Education Center and Library a little more user friendly uh, coming at the right time with the redo of Pimlico and Laurel Um, there's plans for some sort of Hall of Fame at the new Pimlico or the new Laurel I don't I haven't seen the architect's renderings yet but this is a little bit different. We're including all, you know, as I said, all disciplines. Steeplechase history in Maryland's unbelievable. Having the Hunt Cup spread out over 22 fences in the most beautiful valley on earth. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a rich tradition and we need to nurture it and take care of it and understand that we, you know, we, we all need to know where we came from in this business or we don't know where we're going to be going. Talking with Josh Pons of the Maryland Horse Foundation about the uh, new project, the uh, capital campaign to to launch a Maryland Horse Library and Education Center, and it is interesting that that a, a state as horsey as Maryland is hasn't doesn't have this. But you were referencing that, that kind of the horse breeders were looking for a home there for for a while. I, how is the fundraising campaign going? I imagine there, there's maybe some pent up demand to see something like this happen. Well, we've had a pretty good first week. I mean, all of us know the the challenge of trying to raise money in a pandemic. You know, I mean, 
it's not an ideal time, but if you wait for an ideal time, you'll never do it. And um, uh, we, we, we sort of went a few door to doors and stood in some yards this week and got a great response. Um, the, the boards of the Maryland Horse Foundation and the Maryland Horse Breeders Association are 100% in. Everybody's contributing. Um, our goal in March was to kind of just spread the word among the kind of insiders to get uh, sort of a ground floor of support, and we've accomplished that. And in April, we're sort of branching out and, you know, making calls to people to say, to explain what we're trying to accomplish. Our goal is to raise a million dollars, and we're on our way. It's it's kind of daunting to look at it as, i got to raise a million dollars, but if you break it down into... Um, you know, sort of like a political campaign. Everybody's donations um, contribute to something worthwhile. Um, it's a it's a pretty easy uh, argument to make that we need something like this. It's it's woefully underrepresented for how great our tradition is in Maryland. They have a little twelve by twelve room in the Pimlico second floor that has a, a burn up cupola and a couple of jockey silks and some old newspapers. And it's, it's embarrassing that that is Maryland's sort of Hall of Fame. And I'm not trying to shame the Maryland Jockey Club into putting something better in their plans for Laurel and Pimlico, but they've just sort of historically, it's just been sort of a lip service kind of Hall of Fame thing. And this is, this is an actual, let's go raise the money, get your wallet out, send a hundred bucks, send a thousand dollars, whatever you can afford, whatever's comfortable. Nobody's, Nobody but the bookkeeper at the Maryland Horse Foundation will know what what your donation is, which is beautiful. It's like a like an AA meeting. You just go in and whatever you can afford at the end of it, you throw in the cup and look down. I've, I've so. never heard fundraising compared to an AA meeting before, but the, that's why we do live radio. <laughs> Josh Pons, thanks so much for joining us this morning to talk about the Maryland Horse Library and Education Center. Folks want to learn more, they could go to MarylandHorse.com. That's MarylandHorse.com. All kinds of info plus a, a video and a write-up, and you, you can kind of see what this place is really going to look like when it's done. Josh, thanks so much. Have a great day. You bet. Thanks. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it. See you soon. Sure thing. Nick, that's the Maryland Horse Library. Something new happening and, and pretty cool stuff. Yeah. No, as historians of horse racing, we certainly like those uh, facilities as, as resources, great places to visit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, looking looking forward to that. You know, we're talking about cigar. I just, just a thought here. I never thought we would be spending this much time on cigar in the show, but um, <clears throat> it just so happens, i tell you what a small world it can be. A little less than a mile from where I'm broadcasting right now, uh, my son Jake, as he was growing up, had a childhood friend they used to play together. And it turned out the, the father of this friend was a, a pilot. And he turned out to be basically the private pilot for Alan Paulson and flew cigar to Dubai as part of this. And there's a guy that just lives down the street from me <laughs> in Advanced Mills here. And, and so it just it's just funny. Every time I see Cigar, I think about that. Great uh, interview there. Looking forward to so much more uh, as we get into Preakness. And uh, of course, a, a sad note from Maryland. Um, no racing this weekend as they're dealing with, with the uh, virus up there. Uh, maybe just a note about the status of racing in Maryland. Yeah, they as you say, they, there's been an uh, an outbreak of equine herpes virus on the backside. That's a, a highly contagious um, disease that is sometimes fatal to horses. So they have canceled racing this weekend, and they announced yesterday that they have canceled racing next weekend. They're basically trying to get ahead of this thing so that it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't go on and on and on. So, so the next two weekends, no racing in Maryland, trying to get ahead of the equine herpes virus. They're working with the state regulators at the Maryland Department of Agriculture on that. And, and hopefully they can get it under control quickly. And, and in a few weeks, we, we don't even remember this. But it's certainly, uh, certainly a, a difficult time for horsemen. 
Isn't it? Is um, sometimes this can just be a, uh, a an industry like that. But like Dale Roman said earlier in the show, it can turn around quickly, and the Preakness is just around the corner. Thanks, Frank. Uh, great Thank piece you, on Nick. features with Frank this morning on Off to the Races. Um, bringing in Derby Bill here on Off to the Races um, here in just a, a moment. I wanted to share a note that I have uh, been texting here a little bit with David Ross during the show, and um, just just a comment he had about the race. He said, uh, that was simply unbelievable, yet uh, Brendan, Brendan Walsh, the trainer, was telling me all along this was the right spot for him. He traveled well, enjoyed his training, and the heat. Wouldn't think that heat would be uh, a factor even this time of year, but uh, apparently so, but not for uh, extravagant kid winning the Al Coors today. A big race in Dubai. Uh, Brennan secured the absolute superior rider and Ryan Moore. Hard to believe when you reflect upon it. So just some quick comments, some flash comments uh, from David Ross about winning that race in Dubai this morning. Congratulations to those connections. Um, want to bring in Derby Bill. Um here on off to the races and uh boy derby it's it's been a fast moving morning already a lot of racing in the books uh, usually not the case for 10:50 on a saturday morning for us but uh always looking forward to it with with the racing in dubai good morning derby bill hey it's march madness to the full tilt for most people um obviously uh extra big- kid has helped put some fuel in my Buick today, so I'm very happy about David Ross, and David Ross is used to the heat. He runs at Colonial Downs every year. He's <laughs> yeah. hot and humid. It's nothing for him. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely, yeah, if, if his horses aren't, yeah, if, I'm just, I wonder what the temperature was when uh, Extravagant Kid won the DeHaas Stakes. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I didn't even put that together, but great point there. And by the way, just uh, in the World Cup today, guest we had last week on Off to the Races, uh, Michael Stidham. He has the favorite, Mystic Guide. Uh, that race, maybe you have the post time quicker and I can put my hands on it here, Bill, but it's probably in about an hour or so. Uh, for maybe yeah, an hour, uh, a little longer. On the, uh, 12.50. Let me offense the TV station, NBCSN, has a 12 to 1, So, it go, but it goes off at 12.50. So plenty of time to get your bets in on that one, uh, on the big, the big biggest race of the uh, of the day over there in Dubai. Yeah, Extravagant Kid, I think, was a $34 and change winner there. So uh wasn't the favorite. Yeah, 82, but, uh, 80, uh, 86, 25 here, so... However, that breaks down. I'm very pleased. Oh, wow. Mystic Guide there uh, shouldn't have any trouble there, and Stidman should be able to tip you and me at the bar at Colonial Downs. He's the favorite. <laughs> Saez up, uh, a big Oaklawn win, tune up, just perfect, and the field's not as great as it has been in the past. Maybe because of the Soda Sodi Cup and all the other money races coming around the country but it didn't come up as strong as you would think with jesus team and salute the soldier but i like mystic guide here and i'm hoping to get five to two because it's about seven bucks and i need that for uh, lunch money today I've been on the air here for the last 50 minutes or so, so I haven't had a chance <clears throat> to see what happened in the UAE Derby. Uh, Frank brought the update that Rebels Romance uh, won the race, uh, but you've had an opportunity to watch it. What were your thoughts on the UAE Derby? Yeah, just a monster blowout. Five and a half rolled away from Rebels Romance, Godolphin Racing. So you'll see Godolphin Racing and about seven Emirates Airlines jets head to uh, Louisville. Uh, again, you've seen it before. We've been there live at Louisville at the Kentucky Derby when the Emirates Airlines delivers their product, which, you know, at the Kentucky Derby, they're 19th, 5th, and 14th. So they really need to make an amends for their uh, trips over here. Uh, this one is triple crown dominated, Nick. Rebels Romance He's not in the futures pool. So if you want to do a all others uh, play in the Kentucky Derby future pool, this one might be. He's definitely looked good today. You mentioned the the futures pool, uh, which is available this week in in um, it, I think it's the fifth and final pool as part of that. Uh, the, we did see a scratch with Big Lake, uh, so there's no number one betting interest. It's two through twenty four, and twenty four would be uh, you, one of the horses you would get, as the twenty four is all others in the field that that aren't two through 23 
it is would be the, um, Rebels Romance. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Futures pool? Who do you like? There's a little bit of strategy there, I'm sure, in terms of uh, just you know waiting out and see what happens today with the with the two features. But you know, what are your thoughts on the Futures pool? Who do you like in it? Yeah, a horse called Collaborate runs today, and uh, uh, concert. He's about thirty to one in the future pool, and if he wins, the uh, odds will go down by Sunday because you can bet the Derby till Sunday at six o'clock. So the Florida Derby and uh, these the uh, Ruby and even that can affect these pools odds. So you can't go by these. Hot Rod Charlie, our big winner last week at the uh, Louisiana Derby, is uh, all, all the way down to second choice at six to one. Third choice at six to one. Essential quality still stands out above everybody, and he's three to one. But you know, there's not a lot of value in putting a bet on that today. So you know, the only way you want to do the long is this is maybe an all overs. If we, it goes twenty to one and it includes some of these horses that you saw today, Rebels Romance, and a horse called Hurstcraft won the uh, Japan Procura Stakes and gets forty points and heads to Kentucky, and he actually ran at Churchill Downs and Kentucky bred. So. Uh, will take charge a horse called Hirschcraft. So we're covering everywhere. Japan, Dubai, and uh, Florida. Yeah, and, and, and Turfway Park in Kentucky as well. It's kind of interesting you say, you know, give, providing those updates. I wrote them down just before the show, and there's been some fluctuations already today in the wagering in, on this future pool. So there, there's some money coming in that changes the odds uh, for the futures pool. Let's start with our handicapping here on the Florida Derby, focusing on this field of, uh, is it 11 that I have? I didn't, I printed these early, so I don't have have the uh, the actual uh, uh, saddle cloths on them, but uh, we talked yeah, to Dale yeah. Romans about Southern Passage, uh, but the favorite in the race is, is Greatest Honor, Shug McGahee, uh, convincing winner in the Fountain of Youth Stakes. Um, Jose Ortiz uh, returns for the mountain here. Uh, six to five in the morning line. Uh, you know, a couple of, of threats. Maybe Spielberg is coming back after a little bit of a lull uh, in this in known agenda with Todd Pletcher. A curling uh, a cult with Irad Ortiz is going to be a challenger. What are your thoughts on the Florida Derby? Yeah, I love the Florida Derby. Been there before and enjoyed a fabulous trip to the Keys after winning the Florida Derby and hope to at least win today. Won't hit the Keys afterwards the race today, but Collaborate, the one I mentioned in the future pool. I like this one last out. Very impressive win. Hot horse, the number nine horse. Uh, greatest honor, obviously, the won the Holy Bowl, won the Fountain of Youth, and the Florida Derby would be the hat trick there uh, in Gulfstream hat trick. So he'll be a big favorite, greatest honor. So I'm going to try to beat him with Collaborates at 6-1. to one. And Known Agenda, uh, also out of a big win here at 5-1. to one. And then the interesting part, Nick, Bob Baffert's first mount ever in the Florida Derby is Spielberg at four to one. Bob Baffert has never mounted a horse in the Florida Derby. How about that? <clears throat> yeah, Union Rags horse uh, showed a lot of promise. Was was on a lot of the um, early um, radars late last year for the Kentucky Derby, but just. just and then had some setbacks and now has progressed again after that outing in the Southwest Stakes. So an opportunity here. You mentioned Collaborate, sired by Into Mischief, and that is you know just a crazy hot stallion right now. Uh, actually has a couple of horses in this race. The uh, Let's turn to the Jeff Ruby. Uh, the um, Grade three, this is a Turfway Park just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, it, the Turfway in Kentucky. But this has a field of 12 headed to the gate. Gretzky the Great is in this field. You have Hush of a Storm. Uh, like a King is in this group. Well, I mean, this is a good race right here. Uh, what are your thoughts with um, a couple of hockey references? You got Hockey Dad uh, trained by Doug O'Neill in this group, too. Uh, you know, who takes a slap shot at the derby in this field yeah it's still a little myth that they changed the horse the race name from jim bean which is yep. near my cousin in, uh, out in kentucky to but jr stakes is uh jb jr stakes is pretty good too they nice nice thick steak cut 
The Bataglia was the prep race for this, and four of them are back, the top four from that, like a king, hush of the storm. Gretzky the Great, as you mentioned, uh, trying to uh, slam one into the net. Uh, hard ride guy here. The key for the field being so good is it's 100 points to the winner in the Kentucky Derby. You're guaranteed, and 40 for second. So you might get two horses. The top two here are almost guaranteed to get in the Kentucky Derby. Now, I'm not going to go against Gretzky the Great at 5-1, to one, so I'm going to try Gretzky the Great and keep the roll going. There you go. Earlier in the day, they run the Pan American Saddler's Joy from Woods Lane Farm in Warrington, Virginia, in that group. Derby Bill, thanks a lot for your handicapping on Off to the Races. We'll talk to you next week. I'm sure it'll be just as busy. Oh, yeah. The ladies are going today for the Kentucky Oaks prep races, too, at the Turfway, too, in the uh, Bourbonette. So you don't want to slight the ladies ever. No. No, try not to. Try to stay away from that. Thanks, Derby Bill. Want to appreciate everybody with the show today. Dale Romans joined us. Daryl Wood gave us an update as well. Josh Pons, Frank Vespi. Uh, appreciate everyone uh, putting the show together. Next week, we'll bring you the recaps of all the Triple Crown prep races. And, of course, uh, we'll have the Wood, the Santa Anita, and the equally big week, and the Bluegrass Stakes.